Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton. Joining me today is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, I'm excited because the fall season has been awesome thus far, despite some disappointing injuries in the NFL and in college, especially one of my guys, Justin Jefferson, for my Vikings. Mm. We won't even get into how bad their season is going, but I'm still enjoying football. Are you loving it as much as me? Yeah, and I don't know about where you are, but the weather here is just perfect right now. It is pristine fall weather, and uh, yeah, it's hard not to love the fall. Also, good news, we didn't get canceled after making a couple snide remarks about Matt Hicks' rankings last week. The show goes on. Exactly. Here we are. <laughs> if anybody missed Matt's episode this week, he did a 2024 rookie mock draft. And because of that, we are going to do a Debbie mock draft today, but we are not going to talk about 2024 eligible players because Matt just did that. So if you want to hear about all of those guys eligible next spring in the NFL draft, then go back and listen to Matt Hicks's episode. It was a great one. I was very happy to see Malik neighbors very high on his list. And I'll be honest, Mr. Hicks, I could not believe you waited until the 112 to take Troy Franklin. That right? I thought the same thing. Shocking. Man. I'm like, wait a minute. What Coleman is over him? I was like, what are we doing here, man? I thought you were a truther. But I, get- honestly, I was like, <laughs> do we need to do a health check on Matt? Because that two just minutes in, we're already right. gonna get canceled again. <laughs> well, we're two just into the show. Sorry, Matt. Just, you know, we know how much he loves him and we love him too. So yeah, that was a big surprise. But before we get into that mock draft, I want to talk about the ridiculous value being a rookie big board patron. Rookie big board patrons have access to the Dynasty Plus Debbie Big Board and Consensus Crew Rankings the 2024 Rookie Big Board, 2023 Seasonal Projections, and full access to the RBB Discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than what your average Minnesota sports fan would pay to see any one of their teams win a title. And yes, we are recording this while I'm watching Game 4 of the Twins and Astros series. The Twins are attempting to stave off elimination it's it's early they're tied at one so we'll we'll see how that goes you can now try the rookie big board for free click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our discord get trade help roster advice and chop it up with our community of over 250 fantasy football sickos let's get into round one again no 2024 guys it's a super flex it's tight end premium And as usual, I'd like to let you start things off, Matt. And I love, I love the first pick because it demonstrates how our opinions and our analysis on players can change. And we do not lock into our initial, you know, thoughts on a guy, right? We're, we're able to adjust to what we see. So I think I've set up your pick. Yeah. You can't have take lock, man. So I went with Luther Burden. Wide receiver out of Missouri. And this is crazy, man. Like, if you'd have told me a few months ago that I'd be taking him at the 101 of a Debbie mock draft, I would have told you you were nuts. And I've never seen a transformation like this. I mean, it, from a guy last year that was just purely a gadgety type guy, everything behind the line of scrimmage, all yak, 
showing nothing in terms of downfield route running, contested catch, all the other wide receiver skills that you want to see out of a guy. To this year, just, I mean, man, separating, earning targets at a very, very high volume, going off every single week, 10 catches, 100-plus yards, multiple touchdowns. He looks like the best wide receiver in college football right now, and I can't argue with what he's doing. I mean, like I haven't obviously – got time to sit down and study the all 22. We don't get that till later in the year, but, uh, and so I'm really curious to dig into that and, and see um, in more detail what has led to this huge breakout, but I, I can't argue with what he's doing. And uh, it, it hurts me to take him over my guy, Evan Stewart, but yeah, I think I was looking through the, the list of options. I was like, I think Luther Burden's the one Oh one. It shocked me. Yeah. Yeah. Are. It's, but he's he's definitely proving it on the field. So nothing wrong with that. I think that's a that's a great pick. My guy is going to be Nick Singleton at 102, the running back at Penn State. I still think he is one of the most explosive running backs in football. I know some people don't feel like he's living up to the five-star pedigree, but I, I like I like enough of what I've seen. And I know he's splitting time with Katron Allen, but he he's he's my number one running back right now when you eliminate the 2024 guys and i think he has a chance to to solidify himself as the number one back coming in in 2025 so i've got singleton here at 102 yeah that's a little higher than i would have taken him um i i just think i mean even when you look at i know yards per carry is not the best stat he's averaging like 3.8 yards per carry this year which is not great Katron Allen gets no respect. He went undrafted in our first round here. Spoiler alert. Um, he's actually got more yards on less carries, so he's been a more efficient runner running behind the same offensive line. Um, I, I'm i not thrilled with really any of the Debbie running backs right now, um, and so I would fade the position this early, um, but I can definitely see why you would take him because running backs are scarce and they score a lot of fantasy points when they hit. So, um I went with you made it easy on me because the last last pick I was debating between Luther Burden and Evan Stewart, and I and it pained me to take Luther Burden, but now I still get my guy Evan Stewart here at 103. Um, he's tailed off the last few weeks since Wegman got hurt. Um, there's obviously been a drop off in quarterback play, and and that's affected him. He went from averaging you know eight, nine, ten receptions every game to now he's had two, three, four receptions every week, which is rough. But I really think a lot of it just has to do with quarterback play. I've seen enough from him. I think he's an elite route runner. Um, he's going to have an elite analytical profile when he comes out. I think he's got fantastic ball skills for being a little undersized. And that's really the only knock on him. He's like 175 pounds. But we've started to see more and more guys succeed at that size in the NFL. And I love me some Evan Stewart. So I took him at 103. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to take that, and I, I felt good giving him to you because I definitely considered him at 102. At 104, this was a fast one for me. Zachariah Branch, wide receiver from USC. He is my favorite wide receiver in the 2026 class. He started off just red hot and explosive. He's had some good games since then. Um, you know, back on the 23rd, he had, had a nice game, and, and he, he's just a complete, as far as, dynamic player when he gets the ball in his hands and he is explosive. He can 
do a lot on the football field. I think he's going to continue to develop as a, as a receiver. The special teams are already there. It shows you what his athleticism is and it's off the charts. I want that guy. I think the NFL wants these guys. We're seeing that now more than ever. So that's why I'm a full believer in Zachariah branch at USC. Yeah. I love that pick. That's who I would have taken as well. If I was in your shoes, I one Oh five, I went with a quarterback. So yes, this is super flex. And I know we're used to seeing, you know, we've been used to seeing Caleb Williams at 101 and Drake May at 102 and uh, just the quarterback love. But once these guys graduate, man, it's looking iffy right now. I mean, there's not a lot that you feel like is a sure thing. Um, and even even to as high as 105, this felt like a risk to me because you got to wait a couple years on him. I took Dante Moore from UCLA. Got to wait a couple years on him. Who knows? Quarterbacks can be so hit or miss. I've seen a ton that I love from him in terms of just poise, intangibles, leadership, calmness in the pocket, uh, quick decision-making, getting the ball out quick, uh, a very quick throwing motion, quick release, um, good mobility. There's a lot that I like about Dante Moore. So I went ahead and took a swing on him at the most important position, but Man, with some of the stud positional players left, even this felt like a risk to swing on a quarterback here. I, I think I think it's the right risk to take. I mean, he has looked he has looked the part as a true freshman, and you don't see that very often. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you took him here. I thought that was a a slam dunk pick. I'm going back to running back, even though again everyone's down on running backs and people are down on this guy, Quinshawn Judkins, running back at Ole Miss. He started off the season extremely slow. He was dealing with a, an injury there, but he kept playing through it. You know, two out of the last three games are starting to see a little bit better production out of him. So I'm I'm encouraged by that. And I'm I'm just not ready to throw away what was such a phenomenal freshman mm-hmm. season. And it feels like a lot of people are doing that or or really dropping him way down. And I'm not saying you shouldn't adjust and you shouldn't move him down a little bit from from where he was, but Man, he was so good last year, and he's he's shown some glimpses this year as well. So I'm willing to stick it out with Judkins. I think he has another year to bounce right back at Ole Miss and show everyone, you know, why he was really one of the top top three backs in in Devi coming into the season. So I, I'm sticking with Quinchon Judkins here at 106. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I like him. I mean, he's a little bit stiff laterally with his hips, um, but he's So he's got such great contact balance. He's got great top speed when he gets going. Um, He's shown the ability to to make receptions and get upfield and get some yak. So there's a lot that I like about Quinchon Judkins. And, you know, like you said, before the season started, if you were to take out all the 2024 guys, he would have been sitting right around 102, 103. And here he is at 106. So he has fallen a little bit. And a lot of it's just because some of these other guys have shown out. Like we've seen Dante Moore take the starting job and look great. We've seen Zachariah Branch show out early in his college career. Luther Burden, obviously a huge riser. Um, another guy that has kind of fallen a little bit that probably would have been a top three non-2024 pick prior to the season, Drew Aller. That's who I took at 107. Uh, this guy was pretty much the consensus QB1 in his class. Uh, so 2025, he'll be draft eligible next year. Got the five-star pedigree. He had to wait his turn as a freshman. And he started out the season with a 300-yard, three-touchdown performance, and everybody was like, all right, Drew Aller bursting onto the scene. But it's been slow since then. I mean, 
you're looking at multiple games in a row of like 200 yards passing or less. Um, you know, you're looking at one, two, zero touchdown games. The offense is just not looking good. He's had a few games where he threw less than 50% completion percentage. So as they've gotten into their Big Ten schedule, it has not been a blazing start for him. But he does have nine touchdowns to zero picks. Doesn't have much to work with in the wide receiver department. Uh, the, the talent is very much there. And so really this is, for me, a gamble on talent. And, and he's got a year to even continue to improve and get more and more comfortable as a starter. And I think he's going to be a guy that NFL teams like. So I went with Drew Aller here, even though he has had little bit of a shaky up and down start to his career as a starter in college. This is where I have to admit, I, I struggle evaluating quarterbacks that are in the position that Aller's in where, Mm -hmm. you know, they have this, this talent that we've seen or we've heard of and everyone's talking about, but we're not seeing it on the field. And I can't decide, is it because he's just not as good as we thought Mm -hmm. or, is it because the offensive scheme is is holding him back that Penn State, you know, they're running the ball with the aforementioned Singleton. They're running the ball with with Catron Allen. You know, they don't have the talent wide receiver that maybe we've seen historically. They, they usually have, have at least one really good player at wide receiver. So is that the problem? And I, I just I go back and forth on it because I, I keep wondering, man, if he's mm-hmm. as good as people think he is it would happen. We would see it. Like if those other things wouldn't hold him back, the, the team, yeah. like, you know what, we got to let this guy do what he does and make it happen. So that's, that concerns me a little bit. Yeah. I'm pretty lukewarm on him. Honestly, like if I felt great about him, I, I might've taken him higher in a super flex draft here, but uh, the 2024, 2025 quarterback class in general, I mean, it just is looking really iffy right now. He's the first one we've taken and he's the only one that we took in the first round here. Spoiler alert again. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely question marks about the 2025 quarterback class. He's the top guy, and we don't even feel super great about him at this point. So there's there needs to be some guys that step up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going at 108 with a, another 2026 guy, and that's running back C.J. Baxter at Texas. The number one rated running back coming in People are still very excited about him. He's shown a couple of flashes, but nothing, nothing to get everyone, you know, really excited about there yet. And I think it's just a matter of, you know, maybe he needs to put in some time as a as a freshman, and then next season he'll be given the the, the keys to the offense from a running back perspective, as it were. So that's that's where I'm I'm banking on with him, and I think. You know, he's done nothing to lose value, that's for sure. So he he's still the number one running back as, as a freshman. It, it's been kind of an interesting year. You know, we haven't seen a lot of these freshman flash, especially at running back, like we usually see every year. You usually see at least two or three guys really come out that were in the top like 10. But, you know, he's he's got a, a lot to like. He, he's fast. He's a one-cut-and-go runner with a nice burst. He doesn't get arm-tackled. He's got speed to make big plays and he, he shows some ability to, to make guys miss. So th- those are the things that I, that I like about Baxter and why I'm taking him here at one Oh eight. Yeah. I like that pick. And um, you know, hopefully Hicks is okay with me giving a little dynasty nerd shout out here. What I do, one of the things that I do when I'm not on this show 
is I'm the film room coordinator for Dynasty Nerds. And so we've been cutting up all 22 film, trying to get it into the into the film room for the subscribers. And um, and so I've cut up a couple Texas games and gotten to watch a little bit of all 22 for Baxter. And he's not getting a heavy volume right now because Jonathan Brooks looks incredible. Um, but what I have seen, I've really liked from him. I, really good maturity, patience, and vision for a guy his age as a true freshman. Um, I mean, built like a brick house, so, like can take a hit and keep going. Um, good speed when, when he hits the lane. So there's a lot that I like about Baxter. Um, I think he'll have, he's got plenty of time in front of him to show it as a college running back. So uh, at 109, I went with Ted McMillan, wide receiver at Arizona. And people don't get to watch him much because he's, you know, one of these Pac-12 guys that plays at like 1030 Eastern <laughs> every week. And he's he's not playing on a ranked team. So even there, like you might watch some Washington or some USC, but you might be a little less likely to turn on an Arizona game. But I mean, just at six foot four, the catch radius is incredible. And he may be the best contested catch outside of Marvin Harrison Jr., just with the body control, the catch radius, the physicality at the catch point. Uh, he's got some of the best ball skills in all of college football, and uh, I'm willing to take a, a swing on that here at 109. Um, obviously, you want to see a little bit more route running from a guy. Like at, at the end of the day, when it gets to be draft season, if he's not, if he's just a tall guy, like I'm not going to be that interested but it's still really early in his career and he's putting up some really good production and uh, even back to last year as a true freshman. So I like Ted McMillan quite a bit. Yeah, I like that. And I like him as well at 110. I'm sticking with running backs and Trevor Etienne at Florida. He doesn't have the, the gaudy stats. And I think that's a product of a Florida offense that just isn't that good to, to begin with. But if you break it down and you watch him on film, he's, He's got that ability to bounce it outside and bounce off tackles. He can make guys miss. He's got a nice burst, low center of gravity, which I like. So he can he can take those hits and keep moving. And he's still averaging, you know, six yards a carry. He did that his freshman season. He's doing it again this sophomore year. So those are encouraging things. He shows enough catching the ball. I'd like, you know, like to see a little more of it. But again, it could be the the product of the offense. So I'm not concerned about that. I I like Etienne. I, I wish I had more of him because I think he has he has the capability of bouncing into the, you know one of those top top three or four backs in the twenty twenty five class for sure. Yeah, I like it. I've seen great traits out of him too. Every time I, I watch Florida play, he he pops. Um, he's got a lot of juice. The main question mark on him, of course, is going to be size. He's listed at five nine two oh five. And we know a lot of the times when the guys get to the combine, they, they're even a little bit smaller than what they were listed at in college. So that's really going to be the main concern on him from a Debbie perspective. At 111, I took Carnell Tate, wide receiver, Ohio State. Uh, this is more of projection. I mean, obviously he's in a loaded Ohio State wide receiver room. He's not yet been on the field a ton. But a guy that I loved coming in as a recruit this year in his class um, by all accounts, he absolutely crushed it in spring and was a star in their spring game. All the reports coming out of Ohio State's camp was that he was uh, kind of the next big thing there. And what I have noticed is that in blowouts, he's the one coming on the field and getting some production in garbage time. He's, he's made some touchdowns this year. 
He's made some nice plays, had a chance to flash, even in that loaded wide receiver room. And he's cruising. He's well on his way to uh, breaking that year one zero tag, the dreaded year one zero. Um, shout out Campus to Ken for developing that. But um, Carnell Tate is well on his way to um, to surpassing those benchmarks that you want to see out of a guy. And that's tough to do in a loaded Ohio State wide receiver room. So I'm excited about him. I think when Abuka and Harrison Jr. move on, you're going to see him blossom into a star next year. That was going to be my follow-up question is when those two guys are gone into the NFL, we're assuming that Tate will be the, the alpha receiver in the room. Who do you think is going to be the second guy? Because we know the talent is there. Is it, is it a guy that's currently on campus, an incoming freshman? Do you have any early thoughts on that? That's a great question. I mean, obviously everybody was pretty excited about Brandon Innes coming into this year in the same class with Carnell Tate and to a lesser extent, Noah Rogers, those guys are both talented dudes. Um, but they have shown nothing to this point. Not, like, I don't think either of them has a single catch. Um, they're not involved in special teams. So a lot of times when you see that, it's not a good sign. Um, it's a sign that they might get recruited over and somebody else might come in in another loaded wide receiver class and they might just get buried. Like what you've seen, um, you know, last year, a lot of people were really excited about Keon Grace, but he's just been recruited over, buried on the depth chart, doing nothing, you know, basically worthless from a Debbie standpoint now. And so I'm a little bit afraid that Brandon Ennis and Noah Rogers are headed that direction um, and that it might be a freshman coming in next year that ends up being the star opposite Carnell Tate. We'll see. Yeah, it's been a weird season for Ohio State. I mean, you're not used to seeing their their number three pass catcher be a tight end. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I blaming Kyle McCord for that. I, that's just not something we're used to. I, I he's do you think Cade Stover has some NFL upside, but I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that much more talented than the, the other wide receivers in the room. I mean, Julian Fleming is the only other wide receiver that's getting any sort of run here, but you're right. I mean, it's Fleming with 15 catches Tate with five and that's it. So it's kind of slim pickings there. So it'd be interesting to see what happens, you know, going into next season, the last pick in the first round here on the, while we're talking Ohio state next year, I mentioned it could be a freshman coming in next year right now. We'll see if he decommits right now. They've got Jeremiah Smith, like the number one name in the class next year. Six foot three, 198 pounds, looks like an absolute superstar. He's coming in as a freshman on campus next year for Ohio State. And I got to think, as long as he doesn't decommit, as long as he, st- as long as he steps on campus, you got to think he's going to be heavily involved. So, yeah, he'll be huge in, in, you know, Debbie drafts next year because everyone's going to love the landing spot and they're going to love the opportunity. There's a chance that he could actually shine as a true freshman because he doesn't have these, you know, superstar NFL players already on campus. So yeah, it's a, that's a great point. Uh, as I was going to say, the, the last pick is going to be Malachi Nelson quarterback at USC. Of course, we're not seeing him this season and that's fine. He, he doesn't need to play. I'm fine with him sitting for a year learning. He's behind Caleb Williams. What I do love is his high pedigree, all the skills that we saw, you know, coming in. He's got very good mobility. He's constantly looking down the field and willing to throw on the move and he throws well 
Um, really nice arm, makes some pretty good reads most of the time from what I could tell. I think he does you know, have to work on some of the accuracy downfield, but he, but he has a nice touch and a quick release. And I love the system that he's going into. They know mm-hmm. how to have a quarterback develop into an NFL caliber quarterback. And yeah, Caleb Williams was that talented when he went there, but he's continued to to blossom into the one Oh one in the NFL draft. So I like, I like everything that's set up for Malachi Nelson here at USC. Yeah, you're right. And it's easy to get caught up in Lincoln Riley and how many NFL quarterbacks he's produced and to just not even look at Malachi Nelson as a player and just say, well, he's the next USC quarterback. He's the next Lincoln Riley quarterback. So I'm in. Um, but I think that's actually doing a discredit to Malachi Nelson. Cause I think he was a superstar in high school. There's a reason he's a five-star prospect. And so it's not just the Lincoln Riley factor. I think he in and of himself is a player very much worthy of consideration here and, and tons of upside. So I like that pick. All right. We are going to discuss just a few of the guys briefly that didn't make round one and do a quick week, week set seven preview in a minute. But first, I want to take the time to talk about um, the Rookie Big Board partnering with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but with something on the line. The entire RBB crew is drafting on Underdog Daily. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. And like I say every week, I continue to play the live pickums, and I'm having good success and a lot of fun. It really adds something to my Sundays of watching football, and then, of course, Thursdays and, and Monday nights as well. So get in on the action. It's a great time. You don't, don't have to wager big money to have a lot of fun. So guys that we didn't mention, but we do want to talk about quickly because they maybe just barely missed the the, the first round here. Um, Antonio Williams popped into both of our heads and I know you, <laughs> you were like, Ooh, maybe I should have taken him at, at one eleven. Talk, talk to me about how much you like Antonio Williams. Yeah. I was kind of torn between him and Carnell Tate. And, you know, I mentioned that I've been cutting up some all 22 and Clemson's one of the teams that we've done some cutups of, um, he's Antonio Williams. He's hurt right now, but early in this year, he was looking really good. He looked great as a true freshman last year too. He's just really twitchy. He's a great route runner. He's he's kind of in that mold of the guys that we're seeing be more and more successful. Not these like big six foot three contested catch guys, but the guys that are just so quick in and out of their breaks and they get separation and they get yak and they seem like they're always open. Antonio Williams is in that mold. And I think after a long time of just seems like Clemson used to be wide receiver U and it's just been a wasteland the last few years. And Antonio Williams has been like a breath of fresh air, clearly better than Bo Collins in my mind. So uh, excited. Hopefully he gets healthy. gets back on the field. I was pretty torn between him and Carnell Tate. Certainly Antonio Williams has shown a lot more on the collegiate level to this point. Um, but I, I went for the upside swing with Tate, but I love An- Antonio Williams. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, Barry and Brown is a guy that I want to talk about because I was really high on him coming into the season, and he's had what I'll call a, a disappointing year so far. There's some flashes of the athleticism, of course, which is one of the highest in the class. He's eligible in 2025. 
But what I'm not seeing is is enough of the the receiving chops, you know, making those consistent plays, the kind of guy that gets a lot of targets in an offense where I was actually expecting to see more of that. And that's, you know, that's a concern. You know, there's a couple of games where he's only had one or two catches, mm-hmm. a couple of games with four each. And I, I want to see more. And, and that's, that's, I'm worried about him. I think there's still time for him to, to develop and become that player that I, I was thinking he was going to be, but so far, Baron Brown, a, a bit of a, a dropper this season. Yeah. 20 receptions in six games is is not great. Uh, not great at all, Jack. And, um, some of that could be attributed to Devin Leary looks awful. Like, I don't know what happened to that guy. He played for my NC state Wolfpack a few years ago was 33 touchdowns to five interceptions looked really good. I actually thought he'd be an upgrade over Will Levis for Barry on Brown. That has not been the case. Devin Leary has been terrible. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that Barry Brown has another year of college football to to right the ship because he, I'm with you, man. He's it's not been what I was hoping to see from him this year at all. All right, who you have next? The the last wide receiver when I talk about. Yeah, uh, another five star 2026 guy that um, has shown some flashes in garbage time of, of some blowout games but he's kind of buried on the depth chart right now. Jontae Cook at Texas, um, he's clearly behind Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell, but he has been getting on the field. Uh, and then obviously Jordan Whittington is is the slot guy at Texas. So he's kind of fourth on the depth chart there, uh, but probably more of an outside guy. So if Worthy or um, Mitchell was to get hurt, I think we'd see Jontae Cook. Um, seeing the field a whole lot more, but he's, he's had a few moments at the end of blowouts just to show you that little bit. I think he's going to break the year one zero thing. He's a guy that I liked a lot as a prospect. So I think he's going to factor heavily into the conversation um, once this 2024 class moves out and he gets on the field a lot more next year. Yeah. And, and sticking with Texas, the guy that could be throwing him the ball next season, Arch Manning, of course, sitting there just waiting for Quinn Ewers to go pro. We anticipate that that will happen. He's a guy, obviously, that should be high on everyone's list. Extremely highly rated coming into this season. Again, mm-hmm. not concerned that he hasn't played. That's totally fine. So I think Arch Manning is is setting himself up with the talent around him next season to be really successful. Yeah, and another quarterback that you want to keep in mind that we did not draft here, Connor Wegman. He got off to a really hot start to this season and then unfortunately got hurt. He'll be out for the rest of the season and and hopefully, you know, speedy recovery for him and he's back at full strength next year. I think he could definitely throw his hat in a weak 2025 quarterback class. He could push for being the QB1 in next year's class, so had to mention him. Yeah, for sure. And a couple of running backs. And we already alluded to one guy earlier, Katron Allen at Penn state, really having a, a good season thus far. Everyone, everyone's higher on, on Allen at some times than they are on Singleton. I, I prefer the explosiveness of Singleton, but, but Katron Allen is a guy to, to pay attention to. And I think we shouldn't fade him just because he's he's in the backfield and, and sharing the backfield with another with another running back. Sometimes I'm even guilty of that and that's that's a mistake. So I don't wanna I don't wanna make that mistake again. I wanna, you know, focus on his his film, on his talent and say, okay, mm-hmm. will the NFL 
also recognize that, hey, they just happen to have two good running backs because we've seen this historically yeah. and it can happen. And it's an interesting conversation because, I mean, even if you look at like Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards right now, like we like Donovan Edwards, uh, or at least we did <laughs> from a Debbie standpoint. <laughs> and and he he's just losing more and more touches because Blake Corum is just outperforming him. And so like I think these college teams, they don't care about – I mean, they, they just want to get the best guy on the field. And so the fact that you've got this stud five-star guy, Nick Singleton, but Katron Allen just won't go away. It's like he's good enough that they can't keep him off the field. Even with Nick Singleton out there, they, they've got to find ways to get Katron Allen touches. And so I think he does deserve a lot more respect than he gets from a Debbie perspective. So love that shout out there. And, and another running back uh, we didn't mention that really I think is going to be in competition with C.J. Baxter for being the RB1 of the 2026 class is Justice Haynes. Uh, we know that Alabama running backs tend to wait their turn, and that's exactly what Justice Haynes is doing right now. There was a ton of hype on him in the spring, looked great at spring practices, showed out in their spring game. Um, but now that we got to the real ball game, he's just kind of – he's a little bit buried right now. This is pretty normal for Alabama running backs, and I still think he's got a bright future as well. Yeah, 100% on the normalcy of Alabama and how they treat freshmen. They just they just don't usually see the field. So when you take an Alabama player either in Campus to Canton or Debbie Leagues, you just have to be patient and know that you're probably going to get nothing their mm-hmm. freshman season all right, yeah. week seven coming up. I can't believe we're saying week seven already. Mm-hmm. I, I pulled out just a, a few games that I want to pay attention to, and especially the last one because it's finally not at 10.30 Eastern time or 9.30 my time, which is still <laughs> too late for me. But starting earlier, Arkansas and Alabama, and I want to focus really on Raheem Sanders. Again, another running back that's dropping, and I want to see can he – can he look better? Can he look mm-hmm. more like he did last season? I'm concerned and I've got him in a few leagues and I'm starting to to wonder if now might be the time to see if I can, if I can move him, especially if I have a competitive NFL side team that maybe I can, I can find a bad team. That's got a, a win now asset and, and mm-hmm. just get rid of Sanders and see if I can't help myself win a title this year. Yeah, it's hard to sell low on a guy like that who's been such a big Debbie name for so long. But, I yeah, I think you're right to be concerned. I mean, eight carries for 15 yards this past weekend. Like, I, I don't know if this injury that had him miss a while, if that's still lingering. I don't know. I mean, he put on a bunch of weight this offseason, 242. I think that's too big. Like, how many Agreed. NFL running backs do you see that are 242? you got to be really explosive to carry that kind of weight and still do the job of an NFL running back. I just don't know that he's that explosive. So I'm very concerned about Raheem Sanders. There's there's a lot of running backs in the NFL that are 242. They're called fullbacks, and they are <laughs> worthless in fantasy football. <laughs> That's right. All right, the next game, Oregon and Washington, and just, just a bunch of Debbie goodness here. I mean, Knicks and Franklin and Irving on the Oregon side. Right. You got Rome Adunze at Washington. Right. Man, it's it's that's going to be an awesome game. I I, I am... I am excited beyond words for this one. I mean, it's that's must must watch TV in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree. And I think it's three thirty Eastern, which praise Jesus, it's not on the ten thirty sicko slate. Um, so I'm really <laughs> excited to watch that one. And then we've got Iowa at Wisconsin. Totally kidding. I have zero interest in watching this. I hope they both lose because <laughs> they're 
biggest rivals of my Gophers. So yeah, no interest there. Hicks are I mean, come on. USC at Notre Dame. I finally get to watch USC without staying up for the sicko slate. All of the the joy and goodness that comes with that team. Williams, Lloyd, Branch, Deuce Robinson. But then on the Notre Dame side, Audric Estime and Jeremiah Love hearing some really good things about Love. And I want to watch him more uh, for myself and just see see what all the, the fuss is about. Because from what I understand, while Estime might have the better stats, he's not the explosive player. He's not the guy that is going to wow you with the film. And Love is potentially that guy. So that's what I'm interested in there. Yeah, Love's got a lot more juice than Estime for sure. Um, he's more of the change of pace, the lightning to Estime's thunder. Um, Zach Branch has been hurt the last couple of weeks, wants some kind of undisclosed injury. So hopefully we get to see Zachariah Branch play in that game. And then Deuce Robinson mostly has been coming in for some garbage time cleanup. So we'll see if that game stays close enough that we don't see Deuce Robinson. But – yeah, it should be a good one to watch nonetheless. Excellent. All right, everyone, enjoy the weekend of college football, of NFL football. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. We'll be back next week. Have an awesome weekend, everyone. Take care.